Hi, this is Jeff from Alberta, Canada, and you are listening to Rico and the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Everyone. Yes, this is Rico, and I'm still alive <laughs> after my uh, illness uh, that put me out of commission, and I couldn't podcast last weekend for uh, basically the first time ever. Sorry about that, everyone, but we're back this week. Uh, I will try to uh, not cough too much during the show. <laughs> anyway, we are uh, at uh, podcast number 159. Today is February the 3rd. Uh, it's a new month. That's good. 2008. It's uh, Super Bowl Sunday, which uh, to me doesn't mean a lot. Not much of a football fan, uh, as uh, may have said in the past a few times. But it is kind of fun uh, to see the commercials they show and things like that. But that's not really why we're here today. Uh, what we've got uh, in store for you is I'm going to go over a uh, Deep Space Nine episode called Second Skin. That's from the third season. That'll be coming up later in the show. Uh, We've got the usual uh, Trek news about the movie and some other tidbits from from, uh, other sci-fi things. Going to have a collectible later on to talk about. And, uh, oh, we've got uh, some special reports from Kenny out in California who has gotten to uh, visit the Star Trek tour that has started touring the country. So uh, stand by. Here we go. Again, welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is Rico, and I am uh, just trying to shake off the remnants of bronchitis. Yeah, I had a really bad uh, last uh, weekend uh, illness that really knocked me out. Couldn't podcast and uh, was just in bed for a couple of days straight, pretty much. Uh, and now uh, kind of developed into more of a cold and, and bronchitis. Went to the doctor a few days ago got a couple of drugs uh they seem to be helping <coughs> excuse me seem to be helping a little bit but uh it is a slow process i had uh had bronchitis maybe i don't know 10 12 years ago once and, and it uh really knocked me out then too so not a pleasant thing i hope you're doing uh everyone listening is doing a lot better than i am health wise uh in the last week or so i missed a few days of work uh Ah, it really messed me up. So, uh, but uh, we're back podcasting, or I'm back podcasting for everyone. Uh, sorry again about missing last week's show. I, I tried to figure out a way to do it. Uh, I was also um, thinking of just delaying it, and doing it a couple days later. But I decided I could really use the rest, so I, I put it off for a week. Uh, and uh, again, uh, from the people on the forums and people that emailed me, you know, worried and. And sending their their good wishes along, I really appreciate that. You guys are great, and it really helped me uh, survive this uh, stupid little germ that got inside. 
Well, there's been uh, quite a bit going on in the last couple of weeks uh, to get kind of caught up on uh, the, uh, of course, Star Trek trailer is still buzzing around the Internet. Uh, again, the reaction uh, is is kind of, I think, mostly positive. It's a little bit mixed uh, overall, but I, I, I think uh, people will come to uh, appreciate what J.J. Uh, Abrams and crew have come up with uh, this is going to be, I, I really think this is going to be a, a, a kind of a new beginning to Star Trek. I, I've probably said that before, but uh, for somebody like me that's been with the show since it first aired, uh, well, not quite when it first aired, I just really started to watch it in syndication. I was just a little too young when it was first airing, but it is, uh, you know, I, I do hope that this does bring uh, new fans in. That's obviously something that needs to happen to continue to show Star Trek. Uh, you know, they will be changing some things, but, you know, as long as they respect uh, what's been done before, I think, uh, I think I'd think i be fine with all that. Uh, the, a couple little tidbits uh, about the movie, some news and information to pass on. It looks like uh, we're going to see a, a very young uh, Kirk and his brother George, along with a very young Spock, also in the movie. They've been casting some, like, 11, 12-year-olds to play these characters at a very young age, which will be interesting uh, I'm really wondering how, uh, or uh, you know, how much that's going to be in the movie, and how they're going to tie all these different uh, time elements and threads together. Uh, it seems the more I hear about this film, the more it's going to be packed, filled with things we've we've never had a chance to see before in Star Trek, and and that's a good thing. So uh, I'm looking forward to those kinds of uh, uh, new uh, new things to uh, to show us. They've, uh, if you want to uh, give some feedback about the movie and that, they have opened up uh, several days ago the official uh, movie Star Trek forums that can be found over at paramount.com slash Star Trek slash forums. Uh, I guess they've uh, created quite a uh, uh, forum community in, the, in just the few days it's been open. I haven't really participated yet or, or joined in over there. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. It's... I've been on other big Star Trek forums before, you know, the main uh, StarTrek.com website forums. I, I kind of prefer the more uh, small ones, the one I'm, I've got going, uh, a couple other ones, uh, sci-fi-related forums that I've been on, uh, things related to props and other stuff. Sometimes these bigger forums turn into a mess. Uh, you know, sometimes you get a lot of people on there that are just trying to stir up trouble. Uh, uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes with that many people to... Uh, kind of have a good discussion about something without it turning into a kind of a free-for-all and and that but that's just my take on it hey if you're interested uh, go check it out oh and it uh it looks like uh jj abrams big uh movie although he didn't direct it he uh just worked on producing it behind the scenes and so on cloverfield has been doing great still at the box office uh it looks like paramount is already talking about a cloverfield 2 movie which uh yeah, it's it's not surprising. Uh, I, sometimes I think they uh, they go to the well a little too much. I, I found the movie was fairly unique. Uh, whether it really needs a sequel, there are of course some unanswered things uh, by the end of the movie, even maybe even more so than a lot of films. So uh, I think maybe a, a sequel will help some people out. I would be okay with just having the one film, but that uh, that is in the news as well. The uh, Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is it looks, uh, it's hard to say right now, but uh, Paramount, of course, has a, a, a huge movie coming out this summer in May, uh, the new Indiana Jones film. And the scuttlebutt around that I'm hearing is that we might see the first full, uh, 
you know, long trailer for Star Trek uh, attached to that film, which uh, which would be great. Uh, they're both Paramount movies. It would make sense uh, to have a trailer, a full one, ready by then. I guess JJ's saying they're they're going to be filming still through uh, into April for the Star Trek movie, uh, which is a pretty long shoot, actually, I, I, longer than I would have thought. Uh, they they uh, they started back in uh, November, I believe, but. So uh, we'll see if that is uh, the case, if the uh, Star Trek, uh, if the full trailer shows up with the uh, indie movie, which uh, which should be really good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that film as well. All right, uh, I'm going to give my break, uh, give my voice a break for a few seconds or a few minutes here and uh, play uh, Kenny's reports. Kenny uh, has had an opportunity to go see this Star Trek tour exhibit uh, just uh, amazing stuff they've got there. Well, I'll let him talk about it, but it's uh, it's showing now out in uh, California, I believe, in Long Beach is the first uh, stop for it. So listen to Kenny's reports. Hey, Rico, it's Kenny from California. This is my first call-in. Uh, I am at the Star Trek tour in Long Beach. And all I have to say is, oh my god, um, it is unbelievable. So much stuff to do. I mean, we just got here, and we barely walked in the front door, and I am beyond excited right now. And I'm actually looking at the TOS bridge, uh, getting ready to get in line so we can go to the captain's chair. This is unbelievable. Everything about this is unbelievable, and uh, I can't wait to see more of it. I'm so glad we got the the three-day pass because there's so much to see, to do, to watch, and uh, we just started. So I just wanted to give you my initial thoughts. Hopefully I'll call back uh, several times and uh, give you more reports. But, oh, it's so exciting. I, I can't wait to see more of it. All right. I will talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Rico. It's Kenny from California. Here is my second report. Uh, it's been another few hours, um, just loving every minute of it, walking around, checking out all the cool things, taking tons of photos and videos, and we actually saw the TNG bridge, which is so awesome, but we haven't gone on it yet. Um, we did uh, the two simulation rides. One is a shuttlecraft, um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a milder version of, like, Star Tours or you guys did any of those regular simulations, so it's not really rough. Um, and then they have one next to it, which is, like, a an individual pod that two people can sit in and it rotates 160 degrees and 360 and flips and turns and it does the same simulation as the shuttlecraft but it's so much cooler because it's so much more moving around and um, so we did that and that was a lot of fun. We uh, got our picture on the original TOS bridge. Harry was in the captain's seat. I sat in a horror seat and then they uh, superimposed Spock, uh, Chekhov and Sulu uh, on the picture, so that was pretty cool. And what else have we done so far? There's just so much stuff to do. Um, we're sitting in 10 forward right now, and we are having some really outrageous, uh, expensive lunch. Um, we had two Borg, uh, called the Borg Burgers. We had uh, two Dax's Diet Coke. We had Odo Onion Rings, and we had Phylox's Fries. Um, so uh, anyways, we're having a great time. And uh, I can't believe it's only been about four hours, and we still have another six or seven to go for today, and then we have two more days. This is going to be an unbelievable weekend. So I will report back. Um, 
I will talk to you later. Bye. Hey Rico, it's Kenny from California. It's uh, my third message, I think, for today. Probably my last one for for Friday, for my first day in a Star Trek the tour. Um, we've had a great time. We're just actually resting. It's a lot of wear and tear on your feet. Um, we actually got onto the TNG bridge, and it wasn't really crazy uh, busy, so they let us walk around for a little bit, and we actually got to videotape ourselves at Con, and uh, you know captain's chair, and it was awesome. We actually got time to walk around, and it's unbelievable. It's just so much fun, and uh, you, whoever, you know, if this comes to your guys' city, this is a definite uh, must-see for any fan. I mean, we still have two more days, and we're going to do the audio tour probably on Sunday. We're coming back here tomorrow, Saturday, with some more friends. Um, but uh, it's so much fun. Tons and tons of props and um, tons of stuff to do. Video, this is like a whole day thing. Um, and we're just having a blast. I'm just tired and resting. And then we're going to do one more round and maybe do the simulation ride again. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then we'll probably wind up finishing off with the Titan exhibition, which is the one with Wesley and uh, Tuvok. But anyways, I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed this mini-report. Mini and if anything exciting happens, I will call uh, in the next few days. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, thanks a lot for those reports, Kenny. That's great. It really, uh, you could tell the excitement in your voice. Uh, I'm just so amazed by all the different things they've put into this show. You know, the different bridge setups, the motion rides, the tours, the exhibits. The just the whole, the whole show looks like they've really gone all out uh, for Star Trek and uh, for the fans. So uh, this is probably, uh, like you said, a once in a life lifetime opportunity. There are, uh, I believe, about 40 cities it's going to visit over the next several years. Uh, and Detroit, uh, near uh, where I live, uh, is one of them, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, thanks again for those reports, Kenny. Sounds great. And uh, Kenny's also uh, put up some pictures over at the treksinsci-fi.com forums. If you'd like to take a look, there's some really amazing shots uh, from the tour over there. Hi, everyone. This is Jen. We just ended the fourth season of the RPG, and we'll soon be beginning the fifth. So if you're interested in joining our Motley crew, all you have to do is come by the Trex and Sci-Fi forum and drop me a line. Let me know. I'd be more than happy to help you out. I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, Jen. Uh, Jen, uh, along with Kenny, moderate the uh, RPG game over on the forums. We're actually into the fifth season now. She recorded that little promo uh, before the, we started uh, the fifth season, uh, I guess about two weeks now into it. But uh, you're still welcome. Uh, I definitely would check it out if you'd like to do a little creative writing uh, in the Star Trek universe. Uh, you create a little character and uh, just join in. It's just that easy, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. This uh, this current season is uh, a lot different and quite a bit, uh, I think, uh, interesting for everyone. So uh, check it out over at treksinsci-fi.com forward slash forums. Oh, I, uh, I made a little mistake there. It's actually forward slash just forum, no S on the end of it. Uh, but if you just go to treksinsci-fi.com and click on one of the menu links up at the top, it'll take you to the forum. Uh, so that's pretty easy there.
Okay, I, uh, I found this little audio clip online on uh, YouTube. It's a little audio uh, recording off a YouTube clip. I'm a big fan of the show 30 Rock, which uh, people that listen to the podcast uh, know and people on the forums, I think, are aware of that. Uh, Tina Fey uh, really does a great job on that show. And one of the interesting things I, I like about it is uh, she's sort of her character, uh, Liz Lemon, on the show is a bit of a geek. She's uh, always throws in different little Star Wars references and things, and and I think uh, Tina Fey in, in real life is also a little bit of a of a sci-fi and Star Wars fan and geek. And this little clip you're going to hear here, 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 here. Excuse me, uh, you're going to hear is uh, from an appearance she made on Conan O'Brien, which is uh, Conan's just a great uh, show to watch, a lot of fun, and uh, well, they they talk about a a, a magazine called Geek uh, Magazine, and and listen to the clip. You'll understand what's going on. I think. Well, this is big. You are uh, on the cover of this month's, and this is a huge honor. This month's Geek Magazine. We did not make this up. No, and this is, I know, it does look like you, ma- looks like you made this cover in the mall. Yeah. Like, but this is a real magazine, and you're on the cover of Geek Magazine. Yeah. I should be. Yeah. How am I not on the cover of Geek I Magazine? the other 11 months of the year, it must be you. No, I have yet to be on the cover of Geek Magazine. Get me on Geek Magazine. Come on, Geek Magazine. If there's magazine. one cover I should be on, what if there's even an Irish Geek Magazine, and I haven't been on that? Irish talk show host Geek Magazine. Still nothing. Uh, <laughs> Tall Irish talk show host. Still magazine. nothing. Uh, you, you mentioned in here, in this lovely article, that you're a Star Wars fan. I hate sure. to sound sexist, but I think of that as the guy's domain. It, it, you're a big well, Star Wars fan? I was at the time, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to brag, but I had the 24-inch Millennium Falcon as a kid. Wow. Full Falcon. You know, and I didn't go on a lot of dates and stuff, so I had to stay home and make sure the, the Falcon... Stayed pristine, and <laughs> all the action figures were well cared for. Yeah, yeah. Polishing the Falcon, and you know? wow, okay. Yeah, so uh, I thought uh, I thought that was pretty cool, and uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that uh, that little clip there with uh, Tina Fey from Thirty Rock talking about her uh, her twenty four inch Millennium Falcon at home. So that's pretty neat. She's uh, she's a lot of fun, and uh, if you haven't watched that show. I think it's like the best comedy show on television right now, 30 Rock. Uh, of course, all the new episodes, I think, have aired for this year to do the writer's strike. But you can check out uh, repeats online. Uh, I think uh, Hulu.com has them, probably YouTube maybe a little bit, uh, clips and stuff. Or you can find them probably on, I think, maybe on iTunes. I'm not sure. But uh, check out 30 Rock and Geek Tina Fey. Okay, I've got uh, one uh, more segment here to play for you. This is another musical entry from Vartok. Uh, he talks about a uh, Borg uh, music CD. So uh, this is about a five-minute clip, and right after this, we'll get into the Deep Space Nine episode, Second Skin. So take it away, Vartok. Hello, everyone. This is Vartok, with a follow-up music segment to the Dennis McCarthy segment previously included in Trek's and Sci-Fi episode number 155. If you remember, in that segment, I had noted you could order music CDs directly from Dennis McCarthy's own website, including ones not mass-marketed elsewhere, and that he would personally sign all CDs purchased from him. Well... I decided that for the same price as buying a CD in the store, it might be cool 
to get one from Dennis, and especially his Star Trek Borg CD. The music you are hearing now is the main theme from that CD, which certainly evokes a sense of urgency when the Borg are coming to dinner. Star Trek Borg was released in 1996 as an interactive CD-ROM computer game by Simon & Schuster. In the midst of a new Borg incursion, ten years after the Battle of Wolf 359, Starfleet cadet Quaylen Furlong is given an opportunity by Q to go back in time and prevent his father's death in that historic battle. Hugh sends Quaylen to the USS Righteous, his father's Excelsior-class starship, just before the Battle of Wolf 359, which you are hearing now. Originally, the ship's security officer, Chorus Sprint, was killed by a Borg intruder four hours before the battle. Q gives Quaylen control of Sprint's body at this point, allowing him to change history. Since Sprint is Bajani, he has the ability to go into the Bajani pain trance, which allows him to complete jobs even when feeling immense pain. And this becomes an important plot point in allowing the character to complete the game. Star Trek Borg was scored by longtime Star Trek composer Dennis McCarthy, with a credit here to Kevin Kiner for additional electronic realizations. You might remember that Dennis is the composer who has composed more Star Trek music than any other composer. Oh, and by the way, this is Q's theme called Club Q. The CD has 18 tracks of which the first 15 tracks are from the board game. My favorite names of some of these tracks are I Am Berman of Borg, Goldsmith Has Been Assimilated, You Will Be Assimilated, Have a Nice Day, and Resistance is Futile, My Ass. Hopefully Rico will allow that reference to your quadruped animal. The final three tracks are from the Borg Invasion, the Las Vegas Star Trek experience. Located in the Las Vegas Hilton, in the Borg Invasion, you are part of a group touring a research facility when it is unexpectedly attacked by the Borg. Crew members direct you to an escape pod as the drones begin to appear on every side and try to assimilate you. The experience uses 3D and 4D effects and live actors and boasts as having the largest number of sensory effects to be choreographed with a 3D movie, including atmospheric and hydraulic effects, physical probes, pneumatic actuators, and an array of audio transducers. The Vartok family is going to be in your human city of Las Vegas the end of March in your calendar time. 
we may just have to check out the invasion. And if we make it out alive, I just may have to provide some additional feedback. And Dennis did sign the cover of the CD in a silver magic marker with a yo exclamation mark and a stylized MC below. Well, that wraps it up from here. Back to Rico. Well, thanks uh, very much, Vartok, for that uh, great musical entry from Dennis McCarthy on that uh, Borg CD. I'll have to pick that up uh, sometime. Yeah, I remember that game. I don't think I ever had a chance to play it. Uh, but it's inter- it's real interesting how much the music is like what he did for the uh, TV shows in, in various ways, but uh, different enough, but still kind of evoking that Borg uh, omnipresent kind of feeling so thanks uh, very much for that musical segment vartok always looking forward to uh, more of those okay folks uh well my voice seems to be hanging in there so let's get uh, get into the uh, main topic main segment of the week the episode uh, uh, second skin from uh, deep space nine's third season now uh, i set up this episode to stream on the uh via the theater link on the treksinsci-fi.com forums a few days ago so if you'd like to check that out uh, it'll still be up there for in the next few days as well this episode basically revolves around kira kira is uh taken away and when she awakes she looks like a cardassian uh here uh somebody a bajoran who's fought the cardassians for years and the resistance throughout the war and the conflict and it still goes on fighting them wakes up kind of to her worst nightmare now, this is a lot, uh, or, or at least the concept and idea is kind of similar to that episode of TNG where Troy wakes up and is a Romulan. I think this one's a little bit more uh, involved and a little deeper, though. There's a lot more psychology here going on in this episode, and I think it's a pretty good one, too. And Nana Visitor does a great job uh, in the role of Kira and is also in this confused role as uh, possibly a Cardassian. I'm going to play the uh, first clip. This is kind of near the beginning of the episode uh, uh, to kind of lay out the uh, groundwork for this show. So listen to uh, clip one. If your memory and these prison records don't agree, then one of them must be wrong, either the records or... My memory is fine. I know exactly where I was that week. After ten years... I spent the entire winter with my resistance group in the Decor Hills. We had no power cells for our phasers, very little food, and we spent most of our time in caves hiding from the Cardassian sensor sweeps. Believe me, it was very memorable. These records are fake. The only question is, who faked them and why? According to this, you supposedly shared a cell with three other inmates. Maybe one of them can help us find out what's going on here yeah there's uh odo and kira trying to figure out these false records uh that are uh confusing her uh, from 10 years back uh where she was supposed to be in this uh prison uh and she really wasn't you know she was on bejor at least that's her memory of it uh this episode was written by uh, robert hewitt wolf uh a uh, pretty noted uh, author and uh, worker of various sci-fi shows. He eventually had a staff position on DS9 as a writer. Uh, he pitched this idea uh, originally uh, with the, a different character in mind, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, he wanted it to be O'Brien. He wanted O'Brien to be uh, sort of a disguised Cardassian agent. And he went so far as to want it to be that, that it, uh, excuse me, uh, 
that O'Brien, Miles O'Brien, uh, who was now the engineer aboard Deep Space Nine, used to be on TNG uh, on the Enterprise with Picard and everyone. He wanted it to be that actually Car- or that O'Brien was really a Cardassian and, and disguised as a human to infiltrate Starfleet and kind of pass back information and so forth. He uh, he thought that would be a real interesting twist, and he wanted to make it so that all the time we've ever met and seen O'Brien over the years is he really was a disguised Cardassian. But they decided that was a little too far, a little further than they wanted to go. So they switched characters to uh, to uh, Kira. Now, both uh, Miles O'Brien and Kira have uh, big reasons in their past and everything to uh, kind of hate and despise the Cardassians. So both of those characters would work for that aspect. Uh, the other thing that they kind of changed a little bit is by the end of this episode, you do discover, of course, that the Kira is not really a Cardassian at all. She is completely Bajor, and she's not uh, she's not any kind of a hidden secret agent or anything like that. So uh, they took that a little aspect out. They were going to keep it kind of a question mark, and uh, when they got back, it was going to be something like uh, they were going to have a hard time telling whether she was really fully Cardassian, or excuse me, fully Bajoran, or Cardassian, or a mix, or whatever. So, but they decided not to go that way. They decided it was uh, more integral to her character now to keep her as a, just a Bajoran. The, the kind of overall theme of this episode is, you know, judging a book by its cover. Here, uh, they they kidnap Kira. They make her look like a Cardassian through an for an elaborate plot to to kind of get information and to uh, expose this Cardassian who's kind of uh, a bit of a sympathizer and not uh, perhaps as loyal a Cardassian as they'd like. There are a couple of great guest stars in this episode. Uh, one of them is this bad guy, uh, Cardassian. Let's see, his name is uh, Entech. He's uh, played by Gregory Sierra, who used to be on the old TV show, I believe, Barney Miller. Uh, he played uh, a role on that show Really a good character actor. Does a good job as a villain. They really liked him a lot. Uh, and we're thinking about bringing him back in later episodes. But by the end of this episode, he's dead. So they really couldn't do that. Uh, the other one is this um, this Legate. Uh, his name is Legate Gamer. Gomer? Gamer. How you say that? I forget. I just watched this episode, too. Uh, he's played by uh, another great character actor, Lawrence Pressman, who does a really good job here in his scenes with Nana as the uh, as supposedly his daughter returned to him. So we'll get into that as we go through these clips. Uh, so let's play uh, the second one. Uh, this one, I believe, is uh, after Kira awakens to find herself uh, on Cardassia and looking very much like a Cardassian. Please, we're here to help you. I don't know who you are or what you're trying to do, but it won't work. Whatever you think this is going to get you, you can forget it. We don't think it's going to get us anything. If all we wanted was information, we'd have it already. Oh, well, then what's stopping you? We have no intention of hurting you. Why should we? You're one of us. This is absurd. You can mutilate me. Change my appearance. You are never going to convince me that I am a Cardassian. I know this is difficult for you. I'm sorry. I wish there were a better way to prepare you for what you're going through. Sometimes I question the wisdom of our infiltration methods. By altering the memories of our long-term operatives, we ensure that they'll never be discovered. But it makes reintegrating them back into Cardassian society much more difficult. 
Still, it's hard to argue with success. You really expect me to believe all of this? Of course not. At least not yet. We've given you medication to reverse your memory loss, but it can take some time to become effective. Until your original memory reemerges, I don't expect you to believe a word I say. Yeah, good, uh, good scenes there. Uh, th- this is a real psychological kind of episode here, where Kira wakes up. They've made her look like a Cardassian, of course, and they're trying to convince her of that. Uh, and uh, all along, she, of course, maintains she's she's Kira Norris. She's a Bajoran, a Resistance fighter, works on Deep Space Nine now with the Federation. And uh, she holds on to that. And, of course, she's had a lot of battle experience and prisoner experience over the years. So it doesn't really uh, – it, well, it makes sense, I guess. And it, it, it's pretty easy to believe that she wouldn't be easily swayed from what she believes in. Uh, a couple things here in reading up on this episode. Uh, of course, uh, this this is a big makeup episode for uh, – for Nana visitor and uh, some of the stuff I read that uh, she had to spend like you know four hours getting made up as a Cardassian and she found uh, it really uh, really is claustrophobic and difficult to work in and it gave her kind of a new respect for the people like Andrew Robinson who plays Garrick and other people that have to play uh, different aliens uh, and be in heavy makeup all that time you know you have to go in for many hours of makeup and then you kind of start your day and the days are very long so it really uh did a number on her and it kind of she felt like it kind of uh helped her get into the character of the episode too as well which most people who wear makeup a lot like that say the same thing uh she said that uh it was uh it also gave her an opportunity to kind of play her uh her posture and her character a little bit different. If you notice when she's a prisoner in this episode, she's kind of a little hunched over and acts a little different and uh, it just just changes her personality to a degree. She kind of goes into a, into herself inside and into a bit of a shell to, to a level just to sort of protect herself and insulate herself from what's going on. So that's good stuff as well. The next uh, clip here, this one I think is when the Legate uh, guy comes in and uh, they talk about uh, Kira here being his, like, long-lost daughter who was this disguised Cardassian agent. So listen to this clip. It really is you. Remember, her memory hasn't returned yet. I understand. Ileana, I... I wish I could tell you how much this means to me. Am I supposed to know you? Ileana, this is Legate Takeni Gamor. He's your father. My father? My father died on Bajor fighting Cardassians. That's not true. I'm sorry. I know you don't remember me. But I've been waiting for this for so long. Please, leave us. Are you sure that's wise? She's my daughter. She's not going to hurt me. As you wish. Yeah, good. Uh, another good scene there. Th- this uh, this episode and, and, and a lot of Deep Space Nine just makes me uh, really appreciate the show even more. You know, this is probably one of the most deep of the Star Trek series. The most, uh, the one with the uh, the largest character development going on. 
excuse me, the um, these uh, characters, especially Kira and and just everyone, really has a chance throughout Deep Space Nine seven year run to really shine, and it shows a lot in the episodes that they did. A really good uh, good chances for the actors to really stretch, and this is a good example of that. The uh, the one character that I uh, that I love on Deep Space Nine uh, really uh, quite a bit uh, because he's so uh, hard to kind of pin down and he and he's kind of slimy in a way and but he's also very smart is uh, Garrick uh, the simple tailor of course who is really a uh, uh, a member of the uh, Cardassian Obsidian Order and he has a lot to do in this episode he comes into play he helps them get to Cardassia to rescue Kira. And here is uh, here's a little clip with Garrick uh, on the scene. If my friend is correct and Major Kira is being held by the Obsidian Order, retrieving her would be impossible. Impossible for us, maybe, but not for you. I'm afraid you overestimate my abilities. I hope not, because I intend to put your abilities to the test. The three of us are going to Cardassia. The three of us? You can't be serious. Commander, if I were allowed on Cardassia, do you really think I'd be living here? Which brings up an interesting point. There are certain ministers in the Bajoran government who are concerned about your presence on the station. In fact, they want you removed. Right now, I see no alternative but to honor their request. Unless, of course, I can show them how you might be valuable to us. Rescuing Kira would go a long way toward improving your standing with the Bajoran government. Why should I care what the Bajoran government thinks of me? I don't know. But it seems to me if someone were in trouble with the Cardassian Central Command, a Bajoran space station under Federation control might just be the safest place in the galaxy. Commander, this is extortion. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah, great, uh, great scene there. Uh, Andrew uh, Robinson as Garrick, uh, just really always, every scene he's in, he kind of elevates it. Uh, great actor and a great role for him on Deep Space Nine. I was really happy that they started to use him more throughout the uh, seasons and episodes, and he became kind of a pretty integral integral part of uh, the crew in a way. Uh, but he always kind of had his own agenda. You know, he always had something kind of up his sleeve, and uh, he's also... Uh, a lot uh, more ruthless and uh, a pretty nasty guy when it when it comes down to it when he needs to, as you find out towards the end of this episode. Uh, the next clip here, they give uh, Kira in her disguised uh, Cardassian look, and as uh, she's a prisoner there, they give her this recording uh, that they created uh, uh, of her as this uh, Iliana. Ili- <laughs> yeah, that's her name, Iliana. Uh, I don't know. They give her this Russian. Uh, Russian name, uh, but uh, she's uh, she makes this recording supposedly before she goes under deep cover to sort of uh, reassure her when she would come back that uh, what they're telling her is the truth. Of course, Kira still doesn't really buy it, but here's a here's a copy or uh, here's a sample of that little scene. Begin playback. Hello, Eliana. Welcome home. I've been asked to make these recordings for myself. For you. To help my memory recover when I get back. I go in for surgery tomorrow. I'm going to miss Cardassia, but I know what I'm doing is right. The terrorism on Bajor has to be stopped. Father doesn't want me to go. Mother 
just looks unhappy all the time. I hope someday they understand. I want them to be proud of me. Now, the uh, the interesting thing about this episode, one little point, uh, is that there is really an Ileana character who was a Cardassian that was uh, made to look like a Bajoran to infiltrate uh, Bajor for the Cardassians. This, this, uh, this legate's uh, daughter is really out there still. They never really, I don't think, hit upon that uh, again. Maybe they do because this legate guy comes back. I'll, I'll have to check on that, or maybe somebody listening can shoot me an email over at treksf at gmail.com and, and let me know if they do mention his daughter and what they find out in the future. But he does have a daughter who is under deep cover. It's just not, of course, Kira. Uh, but this, again, this is just a one big elaborate plot to expose this uh, legate as being uh, not really a true Cardassian, not uh, satisfied with the Obsidian Order anymore, and it's to kind of just expose him. They create this elaborate ruse using Kira. Now, it's um, kind of interesting, I guess, because they just have a similar look is why they chose Kira, uh, because she appears to uh, look a little bit like the legate's real daughter is why they bring her, and she's the one that they create and make look like Ileana. Uh, but uh, this, of course, this whole ruse and everything is being, uh, is quickly or eventually discovered, and the next clip, I think, talks about that. Goodbye, Ileana. I love you. Legate. Sir, I- we have to go now. Wait. This is wrong. Please, Ari's right. No, don't you see? The fact that you're a dissident, that you're willing to help me, now that can't be a coincidence. Ileana, you have to trust me. We're trying to help you. No, no, it's Entek I don't trust. Why did he go to so much trouble changing me into a Cardassian, sending me to you? It's not me he's after. What are you talking about? What if the Order suspects your involvement with the dissidents? Impossible. I'm too well protected. They couldn't have evidence of my activities. But they could still suspect you, and without any evidence, they wouldn't dare interrogate you, would they? Central Command would never allow it. Which is why they had to make you betray yourself. Which is why they kidnapped me. Because I resemble your daughter, and they knew you would never stand by and watch me be tortured. They wanted you to do this. They wanted you to try and rescue me. Very astute, Major. You couldn't have done any better if you were one of us. This is Gamora. Three to beam out, now! It won't work. We've got to transport a suppression field over this whole area. No! You don't know how long I've waited for this day. Imagine, in one bold stroke, the Obsidian Order will unmask a traitor in the Central Command and shatter the entire dissident movement, and we have you to thank for it. The movement will survive without me. Yeah, so the the whole thing was, uh, you know, kind of this ruse to expose this uh, Cardassian uh, dissident guy and uh, kick him out of the order and arrest him or kill him or everything uh, is the reason they brought Kira there to uh, to expose him like this this uh, this guy this Entech guy was after him. So that's what happened. And during this uh, time, of course, uh, Garrick and uh, Cisco and Odo head to Cardassia and get themselves there to uh, rescue Kira and get her away. And uh, 
that's it's pretty cool the way they do that. Uh, Garrick pulls a few moves. They run into a Cardassian patrol ship. They're on the Defiant. They they adjust the way the Defiant is viewed by sensors out there, so it looks like a freighter, uh, and it doesn't look like a Federation starship. So, uh, but he gets them to Cardassia, and they come to the rescue. The major is the least of your problems, Entech. I suggest you lower your weapons. Do as he says. Now, Entech. I'll take that. Thank you. Get over with him. Garak, what are you doing here? I got homesick. I think we better be going. Don't worry, he's on our side. I think. Come on! Major, I don't think I've ever seen you looking so ravishing. Are you all right? I'm fine. How did you... Suffice it to say, I still have friends on Cardassia. You will, no doubt, derive years of enjoyment trying to determine exactly who they are. Leggett, we have a ship waiting. From the sound of things, I think you better come with us. Yes, I think that might be wise. Garrick, I don't understand. Why are you helping these people? Gamora's a traitor, an enemy of the Order. Treason, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. You're making a serious mistake. Up until now, the Order was satisfied to let you live in exile, but now... Come on! Odo! Garrick, let's go! I'd almost forgotten what a pleasure it was to be with my fellow Cardassians, and though I'd like to stay and listen to you bluster, I simply don't have the time. A pity. I rather liked him. Yeah, so uh, Entech there pulls another gun out, and uh, Garrick shoots him, kills him. Uh, pretty much vaporizes him, if I remember right. So uh, he won't be coming back anytime soon. And then they uh, they all get back to uh, Deep Space Nine, and the kind of uh, everything kind of resolves itself. They take this Legate guy with them. He's in basically an exiled Cardassian now under kind of Bajoran and Federation protection, and he ends up helping them out in a couple of other episodes uh, in the future as well. This last clip I'm going to play is, this one's a little bit long, it's, uh, uh, what is it, 2 minutes, 48 seconds, but it's the ending episode, or of, excuse me, the ending of the episode, and it's between the Legate and uh, Kira, who he's sort of become pretty fond of, and it's a, it's a very nice scene, they, they say some things, and... She uh, she kind of uh, becomes fairly emotional uh, towards the end uh, when she's trying to give him back this bracelet and, and he tells her to keep it. So we'll listen to the scene and then I'll come back and wrap up the look at this episode. So, it was all a lie. According to Dr. Bashir, my genetic structure is entirely Bajoran. The alterations were surgical. What about the man who said he was with you at Ellumspur? Gone. Completely disappeared. We suspect he was a Cardassian agent. He's probably the one who changed the detention center records in the first place. I thought you'd be happy. I am. It's... I still don't understand. If Ileana really was transformed into a Bajoran, then why did Entech have me kidnapped? Why not bring Ileana back instead? Because the Designarine would have worked on Ileana. Her memories would have returned, and she would have cooperated with Entech. But they knew that you'd resist, and that I'd be forced to try to get you off of Cardassia. Do you think Ileana's still alive? I have to. I'm her father. For all I know, she's still on Bejor. 
And someday, I'll find her. Are you sure you don't want to stay on the station? There's no place for me here. The Mathenite government has offered me political sanctuary. I'll be safe there. One more thing before I leave. Can I give you some fatherly advice? For old times, sir. Of course. That Garrick fellow who helped you, who helped us. Don't trust him near East ever. He's a dangerous man, and he'd betray you and all of your friends in an instant if he thought it would help him. I'll keep my eye on him. I suppose. It's time to go. Here. It doesn't belong to me. I can't keep it. No. I want you to have it. You may not be my daughter, but until I find Ileana, you're the closest thing I have to family. I want you to know something. In spite of whatever I might have said, I realize now you're an honorable man. And I think your daughter must have loved you very much. Yeah, a real good scene there. And uh, another example of Kira uh, meeting up with a Cardassian who is, you know, who is really a, a good person. And, you know, this this is another example of what Deep Space Nine does really well. It kind of uh, takes prejudices and these preconceived notions, judging a book by its cover, and kind of turns them on their ear. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that Star Trek has always been all about, uh, you know, don't prejudge and, you know, give people uh, a chance to, to prove who they really are. Um, and this episode is a good example of all, all of those things. So hope you've enjoyed this look uh, at uh, Deep Space Nine's uh, third season episode, Second Skin. Going to take a very short little uh, breather, a little sip of Gatorade, and be back with a quick uh, look at a collectible. I just love sci-fi collectibles. Here's Rico now with the latest in cool props and toys. Okay, I'm back. Uh, got a, uh, a new little collectible I got a few weeks back uh, that I've uh, wanted to talk about. Uh, this is a little uh, kind of a mini statue. It is uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, the television show. This is uh, made by Diamond Select. I think it's called the, the name of it is called The Essence of Buffy. Basically, it's a little diorama scene uh, statue of Buffy uh, taking out a vampire. Uh, the cool thing about this is uh, a few things. Uh, it's a it's a neat little piece. There'll be pictures uh, up in the collection gallery that, to take a look to give you a better idea of it. Uh, uh, but it's uh, the uh, first Buffy character on the scene is uh, really well done. Uh, she's in a typical Buffy type outfit. Uh, the face looks uh, very much like Buffy Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, they did a really good job, especially considering the character on the diorama, the Buffy character, is not a real big uh, uh, piece there. The, the overall sh- size of this thing is, I think it's about uh, 10 inches high, uh, 10 inches wide or so. It's got a nice uh, solid base. Uh, 
And then there's this uh, vampire that's uh, kind of in the midst of being uh, dusted, as they would say, or killed on the show. And it also has uh, batteries, and it lights up, which uh, there's sort of this glow effect uh, when these vampires get killed on Buffy, and they kind of replicate that in this uh, piece. They're making uh, several of these little Buffy dioramas. There's another one with Willow, I think, coming out uh, in not too long. Uh, Really nice piece. It's, uh, like I said, from Diamond Select. It's uh, issue, uh, or the uh, total size in this run is 1,000. I got, like, number 482. Uh, it's got a really nice paint job. Uh, it's it's really just a cool item. And it wasn't super expensive, which is nice. I've, uh, you know, in the last uh, year or two, I've, I've started to get more into these busts and statue pieces and things like that. Uh, I still do props and other replicas and toys and, you know, just all kinds of things. But uh, this kind of stuff is is really neat to have and uh, fits nice in a little display case and all that. So uh, if you're a Buffy fan, uh, check it out. I think these are still pretty available. They just uh, started coming out a couple of weeks back uh, or maybe a little longer than that. But I'm sure you can still find them in some online retailers or eBay. Okay, well, we come to the end of uh, another podcast. Uh, Looks like... uh, my uh, voice. I, I think this is the most I've talked in about two weeks, uh, at least the most I've talked straight. Uh, <laughs> been trying to uh, avoid talking. It tends to dry out my mouth. And, uh, you know, it's just when you're sick, it's it's difficult to uh, to do that, especially when you've got a cough going. So I hope I haven't sounded too nasally or off this week. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed uh, a return to uh, Treks and Sci-Fi, the podcast. Uh, hey, uh, when you get a chance, go over to iTunes and put up a little review for the show if you enjoy it. Or, or head over to Podcast Alley. It's a new month. And, and give the uh, podcast a vote. Uh, just look up Treks and Sci-Fi. Click on the vote thing. Uh, and then you enter your email and you have to confirm the vote in your email. Pretty easy and uh, always uh, appreciate those votes over there and, uh, and iTunes reviews as well. Next week, uh, what uh, the plan will be, uh, I am probably going to be doing an interview next uh, weekend with uh, a couple of authors of a Star Trek novel that we read in the book club recently, uh, the first of the Titan books uh, called Taking Wing. Uh, we're going to be talking to those authors, probably some other uh, news and collectible talk as well on the podcast. I'm going to supposed to do that interview next weekend and hopefully get it uh, uh, recorded in time for the podcast. Uh, if that doesn't happen, it'll be just a normal type show uh, other than that. But it should be an interview show probably, probably and, and mostly. So look for that next weekend. Uh, let me see what else that I wanted to mention. Oh, one other thing uh, we are starting, if you're a member on the forums or if you'd like to join up, uh, we're starting a new book in the book club uh, for... Uh, this week, we're starting that. Uh, it's a Robert Heinlein classic book. Uh, it's called The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Uh, something I've never read, which I'm a pretty big Heinlein fan, so I'm looking forward to digging into that here. I'll probably later today start reading some of that. So if uh, you're interested in uh, some good sci-fi, check that out. Uh, until uh, next time, I guess that's about it. Uh, everyone enjoy. Uh, there is some cool sci-fi and TV still going. Uh, Lost Returned, which uh, was really good this past week, I thought. Uh, Stargate Atlantis is still going strong on Friday nights. A great show. Uh, and we've got the Terminator, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles on Monday. So still some cool sci-fi uh, related stuff showing up on TV that's new to watch. So check those things out. And I will, uh, again, uh, be talking to you again very soon next weekend. Uh, until that uh, time, everyone take care and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl later on. It's been a long road. <laughs> 
getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. And I will see my dreams come alive at last. I will touch the sky. <laughs> Don't even remember the best. No, hold me down. No, no. No, they're not going to change. Okay. Oh, man, the best part was coming up. Because I've got faith of, of the, the heart. heart. <laughs> no, <laughs> take me. Okay. I can do anything. I've got strength. Oh, strength. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll leave that so you can. This has been a Rick Dusty Podcast production.